Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and we are back. This is This Week in Caribbean Art and Culture with Sugarcane Magazine. And of course, I'm here with the best hosts in the world, starting off with Maria. Hi, everyone. This is Marian Ortiz, curator and writer. And Susie, of course. Hi, everybody. Suzanne Fredericks here, Susie One Presents in Jamaica. And of course, I'm Melissa Hunter Davis. We have an incredible show. Um, if you have not already started to order your art books for the year, we're going to help you make a really quick decision. And that is if this book is even available. So you may have to put it in your cart and get like a little notification to be sure that it's still there. And we have Susie to thank for making sure that this interview happened. Susie, give us a little bit of background. Okay, so Jacqueline Bishop and Katrina Coombs both work in textiles. Um, Jacqueline collects, she's a practitioner, she writes. She's an all-round into kind of transdisciplinary artist, I'd say. Katrina works in textiles. She's also uh, moved into curating and is doing really important work around textiles locally and um, the potential of the practice, um, which is very interesting because it, you know, globally it's already accepted as a mainstream kind of medium, whereas locally it's it still has quite a parochial um, view of it and it's really changing the game in terms of how it's seen and thought about. So by bringing Jacqueline and Katrina together here, <clears throat> we can talk about Jacqueline's um, new book that's out, Patchwork, Essays and Interviews on Caribbean Visual Culture, um, which is a series of interviews, very diverse art historians, artists, um, curators, really interesting. And I think a sellout on Amazon a couple of times already. And Katrina has been working on, she got fully funded by Chase to do a series of exhibitions around textiles. And she's really thought about the intersect with other mediums, um, artist collaboration, inclusivity, and textiles as a very valid form of artistic expression. Um, and by bringing them together, I think we could have a really interesting conversation today. I love it. So I am familiar with Katrina's work. She showed at the Sarasota Art Museum. I think the show closed in October of 2022. Um, so I was familiar with the show and also the fact that she worked with Rosie Gordon Wallace at DVCAI based here in South Florida. So I'm really excited about the conversation. Ladies, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me and for having us. Great to have to be here. So where are we, where are you guys calling in from? Are you, are you in Jamaica now? Are you here in the States? Well, I'm in South Florida. <laughs> oh, there we go. So my neighbor. Okay. Well, I'm in Kingston, Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> A beautiful place to be. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us. Susie? Right, so I'm going to introduce Jacqueline, and we'll have a bit of a conversation about the book, and then I'll introduce Katrina, talk about the curatorial work she's doing, as well as her own practice, um, as she's involved in that with the show as well. And then we'll go into kind of like a, a more general conversation around textiles. Um, so Jacqueline, I'm going to now get ready, your head's going to get big here. <laughs> Jacqueline Bishop is an accomplished writer, academic, and visual artist with exhibitions in Belgium, Morocco, Italy, Cape Verde, Niger, USA, and Jamaica. In addition to her role as clinical full professor at New York University, Jacqueline Bishop was a 2020 Dora Mar Brown Foundation Fellow in France, the Fulbright Fellow in Morocco 2008 to 9, and 2009 to 10 UNESCO Fulbright Fellow in Paris. She's received several awards, 
for both her books and her short stories. Um, she received the Arthur Schomburg Award for Excellence in the Humanities from NYU. I mean, I could go on and on. <laughs> so I'm gonna stop there. Um, I mean, she thinks about her work in terms of making the visible, the visible, making visible the invisible. Um, I think that's a really interesting presence beca premise because in the Caribbean, so much is invisible and um, there's so little access to the rural, to the to, to the domestic, you know, um, and all these kind of hidden spaces within Caribbean life, you know. Um, and it's interesting that Patchwork, her new book, um, Essays and Interviews and Interviews on Caribbean Visual Culture, really bring this the kind of um, this notion of invisibility to visibility. So Jacqueline, thanks for joining us. I wanted to ask you, um, Patchwork is a metaphor and that you've used the title as a metaphor. You have a photograph of your grandmother on the front doing her needlework, which I know is hugely um, meaningful to you on an ancestry level. Um, can you tell us how the publication came into being? What was it that brought this work to you um, in terms of the series of interviews and essays and how, 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 how much it was directed towards the publication or whether it was just work that you wanted to do? And what were your priorities in the final selection for the book? Right, and suddenly I feel very emotional. <laughs> <Once> <laughs> It's not my grandmother that's on the cover. It's my great grandmother. All right. I want to start off, though, by thanking you for inviting me here. I want to start off by um, saying congratulations in having Sugarcane Mag, you know, and having this podcast um, and giving voice to um, as many people as you have given voice to already and as many people as you plan to give voice to. This is an important space. Um, and so I wanna start off by thanking you for doing this. Um, it's important for me to be here with Katrina. Um, I remember walking into the National Gallery of Jamaica and seeing her work and being blown away, Katrina, by your work and wondering who is this woman, <laughs> you know? I knew instinctively that it was a woman who did the work that I saw in the National Gallery. I feel like I'm going to cry. Um, and wanting to um, meet this person and talk to her about her work, which I got to do. And um, it's, in the, it, it's in the book as well. And I've been um, following your work, Katrina. And thanks for doing the work that you do um, in Jamaica and outside of Jamaica. And I'm looking forward to a spirited dialogue with you here um, in, on, on this platform and in this space. Um, I wanna say thank you, um, Suzanne, um, um, for helping me to choose the cover of this book. <laughs> <laughs> we went through so many different covers and the, the publishers now say to me that the cover is moving this book. Right. Um, and it's moving this book for several different reasons. It's my great grandmother that's on the cover. I, I want to choke up as I say this. Um, and she's been visiting since then. She, um, in addition to being a patchworker, she was a market woman. 
the market woman is completely almost overlooked in the creative discourse of the Caribbean, even though she is the face of the Caribbean, right? So in addition to being a market woman par excellence, I write about this in my dissertation, she was a patchworker and both those things are overlooked in the, in the critical discourse of the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. The market woman who everybody does work on the market woman and the patchwork is overlooked as well, right? Um, and so many people are beginning to appreciate those, both of those things. And we were back and forth, you and I, um, um, Suzanne, um, yeah. in what, the, what the cover should look like. Mm -hmm. And I remember finally you, you came back and you said, your grandmother, your great grandmother should be on the cover of the book because she's an ancestor and she's an elder. And these days um, in the form that she is, she's running around in Carnation Market where she sold and she's saying, look, 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 look. To all <laughs> and she's like, look, 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 look what my great grandmother, look, my, my great grand, granddaughter uh, did, right? Um, no, I've completely forgotten your question that you asked me. <laughs> in, in trying to thank everybody here uh, for the opportunity to be here with all of you. So if you could ask me the question again, I sure, would. Sure, <laughs> sure. Thank you too. I mean, what I, what I, you know, in light of your conversation, what, what you just said, and um, a, a more, maybe a more direct conversation with Katrina might be, might come up in the conversation with you. So I'm going to introduce Katrina now as well. Yeah. So that if, you know, as, as we proceed um, organically, yeah. Um, it can be, you know, it can, it can, it can develop naturally. Yeah. Uh, so Katrina, I'm going to intro you now. Katrina Coombs, born St. Andrew, Jamaica. She holds a BFA honors in textile and fiber arts and a certificate in curatorial studies from the Edmund College of Visual and Performing Arts. She obtained an MFA in creative practice from Transart Institute by, by the University of Plymouth in 2013. Um, she has a passion for fiber and an understanding of the sensitivity of threads and fabric, um, which she uses to bring forth unique designs and sculptural forms. Her practice focuses on the impact of the other, on the I, um, I as in the letter I, and the self, and the role in the existence of the woman. She weaves and stitches fibers and textiles as ways of engaging the ambivalent and stigmatizing ways society engages with the female persona. Her work's been featured in numerous international exhibitions, Kingston, of course, Manila, Berlin, New York, Bogota, Miami, Chicago, and Washington. She uh, currently lives and works in Jamaica still, doing really interesting curatorial work around textiles, as well as her own practice. And she recently participated in the Kingston Biennial with a fabulous installation, very moving. Um, and the, the way in which she utilizes textiles to really have a powerful impact is is really unique and a bit of a game changer in the local, certainly in the local, and in the international um, would be appreciated, I think, in a different context. So welcome, Katrina. Thanks for joining us. Thank so my so question much. to you, Jacqueline, was um, how this publication came into being. What kind of work were you doing that brought this publication, kind of this idea to you of putting together various voices? to weave a particular hole? So the publication came together without me knowing that there was a publication. Uh, what I was doing was um, 
interviewing and talking to people and writing articles as I went about my daily life um, and as I went about things. Um, so in the same way that when I went to the National Gallery and saw Katrina's work and was moved by it and decided that I wanted to talk to Katrina, um, I had at that time a platform at the Huffington Post um, I, I would go around wherever I was invited or wherever I happened to be. And whenever I saw work that moved me, um, I would uh, highlight that work. And so that's how, that's what I was doing. I didn't know it was a publication at the time. Now, as a, a PhD candidate in history of art and cultural studies at the University of Leeds, um, where I'm developing a theory around the importance of patchwork and linking that idea to sub-Saharan ideas around needlework and looking at needlework um, as indicative of um, ideas that were brought to the Caribbean um, and are extended out into the um, how I understand Caribbean society, specifically Jamaican society, I realized that the patchwork was the best um, uh, encapsulation of the book uh, as I was putting it together. So at the time it wasn't a book, it wasn't even an idea, but now it makes perfect sense to me. Um, so that's how the book came together. And what were your priorities, like in the final selection of interviews and essays and um, your, your final choices? You know, in a sense, um, the book, uh, it, it arose organically. And I saw that, um, and, and I like that idea, you know, because I find that um, what happens oftentimes is that, uh, ideas can be self-reinforcing in spaces in the Caribbean, right? And mm -hmm. so people get together and they start to reinforce each other's ideas, <laughs> right? Um, but what I found instead was that in doing this um, kind of ad hoc um, thing, going around and talking to this one here in Trinidad and this one here in St. Martin or something like that, mm -hmm. was that a disparate people were coming up with ideas organically, right? And um, not that it, the, 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 the boundaries weren't fluid, they're fluid, you know, uh, in the text, people aren't squeezed, you, you know, where I put them is where they have to be necessarily. It's fluid, they, wherever I put Katrina, she could easily be somewhere else as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but they, um, people were talking to each, uh, talking to the ideas, um, uh, across borders without even realizing that they were doing so. So it, 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 it was a kind of organic grouping, which in and itself is even fluid. So they can move around um, mm -hmm. within that. So it was, it was quite interesting. And another um, thing that I would add to this was that Amelia Jones, everybody knows Amelia Jones. She's hugely important in art history. Um, she announced on Facebook that she is, um, she has, she's the editor of um, an art history series and she was looking for titles. And so I contacted her, I was like, 
because at the time I was looking at patchwork, I was looking at all these essays. As you know, I interview everybody and their mother. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have like four collections here um, between art uh, interviews and interviews with writers. And um, I said, I have this book. And uh, she looked at the titles and she said, I know exactly where this book should go. And it was intellect and intellect looked at it and she, they said, we like this, but it has to be peer edited. And um, they sent it out for peer reviews and the, re the peer reviews were over the top beautiful. They were beautiful things, you know? And um, they, they just really, really loved the book. And we sent out for grants and got and got the grants to have the images in the book, you know. Um, and so that's how and that's how Patchwork came about. And you know, when when I announced on social media that the book was coming out, thirty odd thousand people went and viewed this. This has wow. never happened to me before, you know. So there is a lot, and th there continues to be a lot of enthusiasm for the book. And I think we really ought to. Uh, really think through what we are doing in the Caribbean, because one of the things that um, consistently people are talking about is the artists that they had never heard of before that are in this book. And mm -hmm. they, 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 they say over and over, we kept hearing about the same people over and over and over again as coming from the region. Whereas in this book, they were hearing about P Earl McKenzie. They were hearing about people they had never heard of before as artists from the region. So let's hear from Katrina now. Yes. All right, <laughs> Katrina. Um, I wanted to just an intro to your work um, for the listeners. So if you could talk a little bit about your textile practice, um, your priorities, your ideas, what your thinking is around your work, um, and specifically around you as curator, a Black Mango Consultants. At the end, we'll go into all the IG handles and stuff. Um, and the work you're doing there, but specifically your, your, um, your textile series, uh, the third edition of which has just opened in downtown Kingston. Some great programming lined up as well. So if you could just talk about that for a few minutes. Okay, great. Thank you, Susan. Thank you all for having me here on Sugarcane. I mean, gratitude is a must. And, and to be sharing the space with Jacqueline as well is almost as if we've come full circle. She's talking about emotion. She's about to make me emotional. Um, but because she's been watching my practice from the get-go. I mean, she gave me one of my first interviews, major interviews on my work. Um, at a point in time when I was attempting to even just find my place within the art scene here locally, um, but also just understanding my practice and really seeing the value in it and finding my own voice. But as a textile and fiber artist, one of my, my focuses is really on the maternal figure, the maternal other. Initially, my practice was a bit more along the lines of autobiographical, me engaging just my own identity taking it from a psychoanalytical process, you know, um, of just assessing the self, you know, as a woman, as a maternal object, as this, this person who takes care of the home, um, that caregiver, the domestic versus non-domestic engagements, but also just engaging with fiber. For me, the material is just one of those materials that you can just do so much with. It's so malleable. I can paint, I can 
I can draw, I can build three-dimensional objects. There's just so much that you can do with it. I can create experiences for people, encapsulate them. And that's really my fascination with it. How can I bend it, mold it, but also just speak the truth to one's experience. Um, at this current moment, my practice have moved into the, the relation of engaging others and bringing their stories into my work with Apocalypse Lifting of the Veil. Um, which was at the last Kingston Biennial, which was a multi-sensory installation, something I've never done before. And each time I find myself just trying to challenge the material and the medium, but also finding ways in which I can allow stories to be spoken to and experienced in different ways. Um, and, and taking that now into my curatorial practice, um, that I've always been dabbling in. I, I first became curatorial assistant at the Cage Gallery and just being introduced to that notion of no, taking the sensibility of, sensibilities of creating art into space and creating a space for artists, you know, to be able to function and show their work, going through five different, I mean, when I talk about my curatorial practice, I think I've, I learned from five different persons how to engage the gallery space, how to engage artists, three curators and two curatorial assistants, you know, um, just not in understanding that the artist is the medium, their, their work is that medium and how best can we stay true to the artist? How best, it doesn't matter whether if we like the work, quote unquote, it's really how can, as a curator, how can we truly represent and present the work to the best of our abilities that it will reach the audience? And I think as an artist coming up, not necessarily having a place in the Jamaican art scene, attempting to say, Fiverr is my medium, and I'm going to speak through that. I was able to use my curatorial practice to then find that vehicle to present my own work. Because I wasn't being invited to the shows. Um, no other textile artist was really being invited to show work. And it was almost like, OK, where do I go? Who do I show? And it was, it became a point where I decided to create, I wasn't being brought to the table, I'm gonna make my own table. I'm gonna make a table for myself okay. and then for others. <laughs> so, um, and that's really what drove me and has been driving me with the curatorial practice to this series, which initially started out with my first engagement with textiles, which was three generations of textiles and fiber arts where it was myself, Miriam Hindsmith and Margaret Stanley. And I kind of just pulled us all together. And, I, and from that first show, it latched on to me that there, there isn't, who else is out there? It can't just be us three who are presenting at that point in time. Because there's so many graduates that went through at the Mandy College. There's so many lecturers that have gone through there. And they themselves are not showing. Why aren't they showing? And ultimately, it was just simply the canons of the art scene wasn't inviting them. They're there, they're producing. Margaret Stanley, Margaret Stanley made, she, she is perhaps the most prolific textile artist in Jamaica. She, every single year as a student, I've watched her, she's always shown works, but yet she's not a name that you'd immediately call upon to invite into an exhibition. She was always practicing. And I think I kind of took feedback off of her almost, you know, and like, okay, 
I want to be like her. I need to keep producing and finding means and ways to show. And then how can I also provide a space for others to come in? And then this is how the series of this horticultural engagement of hybridization, cross-pollination, German, um, fiber-active germination kind of developed. So we started out with fiber-active germination where we brought in the main artists who practiced this. We went and we searched for them. We found the cross-generation of them as well. So it was those who were recently graduates, those who have been practicing a little while, those have been there for years upon years. And we kind of just brought them together in one room and to show the strength and the levels of the medium. Um, but also the conversations that are dabbling in the piece. It's not just domesticated engagements of creating materials that are used within the home. We have artists who are really tackling serious conversations just as the painters. So let's engage them. And then we went into cross-pollination now where we said, okay, even though the medium is not appreciated as it is, we have painters who are patchworking and embroidering in their work. We have illustrators who are doing that. Let's bring them into the conversation alongside the artists whose this is their main practice and to show that engagement between the two and then no into hybridization, which was that, that project ended up being an eight to nine month project where we brought together textile, five textile artists with artists of different mediums, photography, sculpture, paint, um, not painting, photography, sculpture. Um, we had jewelry and ceramics and uh, multimedia. And we brought them together and paired them with each other to create, to engage each other's medium. They were all challenged with exchanging works after three months to then create you know, a different diverse engagement with the materials. So each artist would create a work and then they would exchange and allow the art, the other artists to do and manipulate the work as however they desire. That initially was a challenge, not necessarily the outcome of the project. Because I mean, how can you give up autonomy to another artist once you've created this piece? I mean, it's your baby. Um, so, in this project, we were challenging our notion of engagement with each other as artists, our notion of autonomy, our notion of ownership, you know, and just how much we will release our practice, but also how can we evolve and understand each other within a space that we function? Because I think that was one of the main things that has kind of made the textiles not shine as much. It's just that we don't really realize the, the levels of engagement that happens with the process of creating. So what is that process and how do we relate to each other as artists across mediums, across generations as well, because we had younger and older artists engaging with each other. Um, so there were persons who are seasoned and understand and have their own identity versus others who are just learning to really shape their practice as, as an artist coming forward. So. That's kind of what hybridization ended up being. It's a fabulous engagement. We had five different notions of collaboration. We had persons who gave up complete autonomy. We had persons who would not give up any autonomy. And there had to be negotiations between the two as the whole each other can make an input and impact on others' work. So it was really fun, tedious, 
Uh, <laughs> we're still going. <laughs> I mean, the show is on until the end of March, um, and we're currently going to be having um, artist talks each Sunday, where each artist, each pair, will share their experience with the project, but also with their conceptual development from that. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I wanted to pose a question to both of you, um, really about the omission um, and exclusion of textile and fiber arts within, I mean, I'm talking specifically to the Jamaican art history canon purely because that's, I mean, in the region outside of, um, we have one of the strongest art history canons outside of Haiti and Cuba, I would say, um, in terms of documented and uh, thought about and figured into some kind of shape. So in light of the fact that locally we're at this point um, of trying to have, have people understand textiles in a different way, when on a global level, they're already accepted as a very kind of valid and um, medium in the mainstream art world. Um, maybe the two of you could have some kind of discussion about what you see as the way forward. You're both doing really important work, um, very different work. Um, I know Jacqueline has an amazing collection um, as well um, of antique needlework and a kind of the market woman representation throughout Jamaican history, which I think might come into the conversation. Um, but I'm gonna open the floor to you both because I know you really wanna like talk to each other. So I think it would be a much more in-depth and interesting conversation if, if it was you two talking to each other. So I'll just leave you with that question. But what, what does the future look like? What do you see happening? Okay, um, let, let, let me just um, step into this and say a couple things. Um, first, um, I wanna give a shout out to Annie Paul, right? Um, years ago, when I was trying to sort myself out, <laughs> right, um, and I posted on Facebook, um, this was must have been 10 years ago or something, um, my great grandmother's patchwork, Annie Paul made a comment. She was the first person to make a comment. And she, she, she was kind of like befuddled. And I, I want to give her a lot of credit. And I, I, I want this on the record, right? Because she was the first person to say this. She said, and I wish I could go back on my Facebook and find this comment. She said, well, well Jacqueline, I, I am, I'm kind of like confused here. I did not know that there was patchwork in Jamaica, right? And I said, um, yeah, yeah, my, my, my great-grandmother did it. And she said, well, I've seen nowhere where anyone has written anything about this. So thank you for sharing this, Jacqueline. Um, I thank you so much. And, and so I want to thank Annie Paul for this comment and, um, and for her interest back then. She was the first person to, to, to kind of express interest in it, mm -hmm. right? And I want that on the record, right? Because other people are attaching themselves, you know, mm, yeah. to, to me now and, you know, posting themselves and all sorts of things. So Annie Paul was the first. Right? <laughs> so <clears throat> I, I want to make that very clear, right? Um, I want to also say something else 
because uh, I was listening quite keenly to what Katrina was saying. And I want to unpack some of the things that I am um, I uh, that Katrina was saying a little bit because the chapter that I am writing now for my dissertation looks at um, uh, needlework in the Atlantic world from the period of slavery, right? And Katrina is saying some things that need unpacking a little bit, right? <clears throat> The whole discussion of hybridization and pollination, actually the, the person that we actually would, would, would benefit from right here now is Lucille, right? And her dyes, yeah. all of this kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, should be divided into two discussions, right? Um, because what is happening here is, um, uh, the the whole discussion of fertilization and hybridization and all of that um, builds upon um, uh, 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 what happened in Jamaica. Let's stick with Jamaica for a moment. When the enslaved came to the Caribbean, to Jamaica, and had to uh, forge a life based on the botanical environment right? They didn't get enough textiles and whatnot and had to go into the forest and live from the, the botanical seeds and plants and, and yeah. make clothes and all of that, right? Yeah. So that's a whole tradition, mm -hmm. right? Separate and apart from um, European traditions <laughs> mm -hmm. right? of whatnot. And together they form the patchwork, right? Uh, so uh, when we talk about patchworking, when I do at least, um, there, and we talk about hybridization and fertilization, there are multiple layers to it, right? And so my call is for um, my great grandmother and same me and those people as artists as well right for yeah. them to join this conversation right for them to be part of the discourse of the visual arts right uh, for us to look at the work that they are doing right um for the ways in which they actually when columbus landed in jamaica when the european presence got there they said where the hell did they get all these dyes from Mm -hmm. Right. So there are multiple layers to this discourse, right? There is not just the European embroidery. And even then, embroidery was coming from, from sub-Saharan Africa, right? Multiple layers to the patchwork. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there there's so many layers to the engagement when we're even looking on that and our ancestry. And um, for me, that's one of the major things with even my practice. When I had my grandmother move in here with us and it it shifted things for me and it led to, in, oh gosh. <laughs> it led to Yami Yaja, which was my first, my solo show that I had in 2020, just before Corona hit us. And 
having that engagement, my I never learned from my mother or my grandparents anything related to textiles. I'm always asked, did you learn it from your grandma? Did you learn it from your mother? But my grandmother was a seamstress and she engaged with that differently. I, my mother has crochet things that she has started. She never taught me crochet, but she's, she did crochet from my grandma and she has things that she started and yet to finish, you know, um, that's packed away somewhere. And it's always, I just find it always interesting how there was that break in that generational transference of the knowledge, but yet I still gravitated towards it and took it all and ran with it in a different perception. But then even with the curatorial engagement of the Jamaican art scene, something that, is, that, that has really hurt me over the years is just looking on our older generation of artists and how they have produced this level, high level of work and we really don't appreciate them in the way that we need to. Once, once we're calling and, and we're beginning to put on exhibitions, they don't reach for their names. Right. You know, you're seeing the younger, more contemporary artists being pulled into the exhibitions. But when you think about a, a Raymond Watson or a, a, um, Margaret Stanley or any of those older artists, you know, you're not immediately bringing them in, but yet they are still producing those works. And how are we really even appreciating them as artists? And that's something that has led me, even with how I curate, I'm always crossing the generations in some way, shape or form. I have to have the young, I have to have the old and I have to have the in between. And how are we all interplaying and interlacing with each other and just sharing that practice and that knowledge as to how we relate to the materials, how do we relate to the conversations and bringing that forward, you know? Um, and and in, in going forward 10 years from now, I would, with everything that we've been doing, I would love for more artists to kind of just take the lead. I mean, Jacqueline, you and I have taken the lead on different ways. I, when I think of when we did that very first interview and I was like, crap, <laughs> what am I going to say? What do I really have to share to this wider audience is my story a lot. of a, a lot. I know, <laughs> well, you know, being at that beginning stage and then now here you have published, you know, the book and I'm looking back on that full interview to where I'm at now and interviews that I'm doing and how the work has evolved. I truly appreciate, I appreciate that platform that you gave me at that point in time and that affirmation that you gave me, because at this point in my career now where I've built a voice, I've built an audience for myself, it's very important for me to know you and share my platform with others, kind of give them that affirmation in building their practice with the hope that as they come up, they will also do the same for those coming after them. And I think over the years with the medium, the textiles what what has happened is just that no one was showing no one was seeing it and it's very important for us to educate <laughs> mm -hmm. you know and to to ensure that we are seen we are heard you know and ensure that all of those platforms they continue to be able to just shine I think what is difficult about textiles is all of the is some of the things that Katrina is pointing out that oftentimes it's gendered mm -hmm. and 
what I hear is that it's so, so difficult, especially she has chosen to remain in Jamaica and uh, she's doing the very difficult job of, of, of <laughs> fighting for a place for textiles in a, in, in, in a context of where art is painting, sculpt, sculpture, um, uh, uh, art is very fixed in people's minds oftentimes, right? Mm -hmm. And then for someone like myself to, to critique even the very limited spaces that textiles function within, the, within that context to say, well, where is Saint May and where is Patchwork within that very limited space? Do you see what I'm saying? Because the fight is on to say, where is textiles in general? You yeah. know, and I come on and say, well, where is saying me within the very limited space within which textiles function within within Jamaica? So it's 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 difficult. It's difficult to have these conversations. So, but I can stand back and say, I salute you, Katrina, for hybridization. I think it's really really great. Even as I say, I wish the space would open up for my great-grandmother there. And your great-grandmother, Katrina, I wish the space would open up for saying May. Um, and I wish the space would open up even more for all the textile artists in Jamaica, right? That it would be more than painting, sculpture, you know, all, all the things that it is, right? I wanted to make a comment because I think that, um, um, well, and thank you both for such a rich conversation, first and foremost. And I, I find very interesting that you guys, even though in different ways, are doing similar um, strategies. You know, Katrina, you're um, bringing forth all this history and legacy of artists that are not part of the canon. And then um, uh, in your book and in your research, you're also including something that we need more of, I strongly believe. And it's kind of bringing forth the legacy of enslaved people have given into all of our Korean cultures. Like we know a lot about the European um, uh, stuff and, and all the stuff they brought up to, to the region. But we need more of understanding the role that enslaved people um, had in forging our practices. So I just wanted to kind of thank you both for the work that, that, you, that you do. I, I just want to say something else. OK, so in my monthly meetings with my uh, um, with my advisors at the University of Leeds. So I'm up to chapter four or five in my dissertation of an eight chapter dissertation. One of my advisors asked this question. They said, um, where is the place of Africa in um, your dissertation? That question almost drove me crazy. <laughs> because there's a lot of embroidery and all of this kind of stuff. And then this month I found Africa. Not only did I find Africa, but it was right there staring at me, right? And uh, I, 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 I ran to them. I said, I found it, I found it, I found it, I found it, I found it. <laughs> Not only did I find it, but it made, so I have a collection, it keeps growing. Um, it made my collection, it made the pieces that I couldn't understand in my collection, the botanical pieces and whatnot, it made it much clearer 
<laughs> you know, and we would need a whole other um, <laughs> to talk about the place of Africa. Right. Uh, you know, um, but I found it, <laughs> you know, and it had been staring me in my face and all these aberrant pieces that I couldn't understand as um, textile pieces made sense. Right. And sometimes what you need is someone to ask you a big, fat, heavy question like that. And for you to go, oh, <laughs> right, and seek to answer that question, right? Um, so anyway, I just wanted to put that in there. I know we have to draw to a close very soon, right? <laughs> we do, we do, I'm afraid. It's been wonderful. Um, I, it's been great. It's been so wonderful talking with you, Katrina. It's just great. I love everything you're doing in Jamaica. I love every, every single thing you're doing in Jamaica. <laughs> Thank you, Jacqueline. I love what you're doing too. I love the fact that this was published, all the stories and everything. Um, the book so we can see it properly. Is it? There's no visuals. Right here. <laughs> on the podcast. There are no visuals, but there might be. I, I, I would like to put some in. So you want to hold the book up one more time? I think Katrina, if you can do it, because okay. I think um, Jacqueline, your background is kind of blurring there we go. I love it. Yeah. Ladies, thank you. And can I ask one quick question of Katrina? Katrina yes. is do are do you read um do you read plays by you know any particular authors? There seems when I read your artist statement and look at your work, I feel such a theatricality in your work. Is oh, I never got. No, actually, I never went that direction <laughs> with it in terms of plays. I've never really engaged, but that's an interesting question. Maybe I should start looking at that a little bit more <laughs> within my work. Yeah. I see so many women from, you know, some, you know, just plays that I've read throughout the years. My background is theater. And I was wondering mm. if she's like a heavy reader, if there's any, you know, playwrights that she really follows. No, not playwrights. I'm, I'm a little bit more down the psychoanalytical realm um, okay. <laughs> with my reading and color, color psychologist. But yeah, um, but not plays, not yet. I, if you have I, anything I just, to recommend, you can share with me, and I'll look. That I will. Bit. I'll send. I'll send some over to you. I just find the image behind Katrina so fascinating. Yeah. I could. <laughs> I don't know. Talk about psychoanalytic readings behind you. <laughs> well, you know, there, yep, there. <laughs> well, listen, I want to thank both of you, Jacqueline, Katrina, so much for being here. Um, congratulations to both of you on the work you're doing and the recent kind of outcomes that we're discussing here, as well as for the much more important work um, in terms of bringing textiles to the fore and us understanding and thinking about them in different ways. So thank you very much. Thank Thanks you. for having thank us. You. This was a really fantastic conversation. All the best. You're already doing well on sales. I'm sure you will do, do more. So I'm sure that we can buy your book through Amazon, but there are there any booksellers that you would like for us to go to? Intellect and the University of Chicago Press. I love it. Thank you so much. So if you haven't purchased a copy, please make sure to purchase yours. Before we go, again, I want to thank the Greater Miami Convention and Visitors Bureau for being a sponsor for this podcast. Maria, where can we find you online? You can find me in IG. My handle is Contemporary Chica. Jacqueline? 
Bishop Jacqueline. Uh, you can find me. You can find me. <laughs> <laughs> Use Google and you'll find her. Katrina, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Duchess Casey Fibers and um, Black Mango. Susie? Uh, Susie Wong presents on IG. And you can follow Sugarcane at sugarcanemag.com. Everybody have a great week. We will talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.